All right, so we're here with our friend Lisa and Akio, <laughs> and we're doing a podcast on getting started and doing new things. So this is a conversation we've been having for the last few days about getting started and trying new things and some of the risks and things that that all of that involves. So to introduce people, who are you, Lisa? Um, I am Daniel's long-term friend. I hope. Uh... I've known him from church. Um, he's been a good mate. Uh, but as work-wise, I work as a data analyst um, and massacred. And cool. Okay, I guess that's a good intro. Uh, cool. Uh, I'm Akil, and um, I guess I'm from Ireland. I'm from Cork, and uh, I know Daniel for a while uh, through retreats and stuff. So we got to know each other last year, especially. Cool. So Lisa is trying to um, start off something new. She wants to be, what do you want to be? Tell tell the world what you're trying to do. I actually don't know. That is where probably the main problem is. Because if you really have a focus, you know, you can go after it. But when you're like a, a bunch of things, it's it kind of becomes harder because you don't have that, I guess, that North Star. Is that what they say? Cool. Uh, but you obviously want to like... Yeah, I do want to try idea. a couple things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what is that? What What do you want to try? What is captivating your passion right now? Captivating? I mean, since... So this is the thing where it started. Like, uh, since I was younger, I was into like, I suppose, performing. Um, but obviously families like more academically focused, you know, with marks, especially for my dad. So I like... If they're all well-educated, extremely well-educated, they get masters, blah, 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 all higher. Like, even when we go back to Kerala, they'll be like, oh, Kando auntie's picture is still there. She was one of the toppers. But I didn't really have much interest in that. But anytime I performed, people used to say, oh, you have the stage persons. You're really naturally good at, like, talking to people and engaging people, blah, blah, blah. And I remember once, I was doing a presentation at MasterCard and there was this one, one of my colleagues, she was like, you, she's looking at me, but she's watching me. There's a difference between when a person is listening to you versus when they're watching. And I was like, oh my God, I must have said some kind of wrong joke. Cause I do that sometimes, you know, it, they can be, it's very easy for people to get offended. Uh, and I thought it was probably one of those situations, but at the end she was like, Lisa, can I talk to you? And then she just comes to me and she's like, are you sure this is the the right job for you? And I was like, oh my God, a stranger can see that I'm trapped in this field. It's not what I don't think is my calling or whatever they say. Um, but yeah, so I, and I think media is probably where I'd like to focus or give it a shot anyway. Um, so yeah, I've been struggling to make that start nice nice so media in the sense of like say dancing acting mm-hmm. all of that kind of stuff mm-hmm, mm-hmm. cool uh akil so akil uh for those who don't know he made a complete career switch uh something that he wanted to try and then just went for it so what was that journey like akil so what was it what were you doing before what made you kind of change look into something new all of that yeah so i was studying uh chemical engineering and then it's just I just graduated there uh, last year, and um, 
I was looking for jobs and stuff. And like, wait, actually before that, I suppose I should say that um, I used to hate coding. I've tried coding back when I was in TY, like in school. And then, um, and then I went to college and then through my engineering degree, we got exposed to a bit of coding. So then I was like, okay, look, I have to study it. Ended up kind of liking it, gave it a shot in like a final year. In the, in the middle of all the other kind of assignments and stuff, I was like, okay, in the site, I will do a bit of uh, coding here and there. I wrote like small scripts, nothing like, nothing major, nothing consistent maybe, but it was here and there. I just gave it a shot while I could. But, um, but yeah, I liked it. I enjoyed it. That kind of gave me an interest in the whole thing. And then, um, and then I saw Daniel here put up a story saying, okay, look, we're um, looking for it, like, whatever, like software engineering intern or something, you know, whoever wants to try it out. So I was like, okay, the course is six months long. And then um, I knew like after graduating, like it's going to be hard to find a job straight away, especially with the whole COVID situation and stuff. So I was like... In your current, whatever you were doing in chemical engineering. In chemical engineering, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I was looking for a job in chemical engineering and that I knew it was going to be hard to find a job in that. So I was like, okay, while I'm looking for jobs, I might as well just give this a shot. Six months. Um, that was like, and I was like, it's not too much, but like, I know people who would be starting like uh, their jobs straight away after graduation. But then I was like, look, um, if I start a job in chemical engineering, I don't know when else I'm going to try this. So I was like, okay, look, I'll just do this. Um, so I did the course, the six month internship, uh, ended up liking it. And I was like, okay, I started considering jobs in that uh, field as well in software engineering. Applied to a few jobs and I was quite surprised, pleasantly surprised when I got like two interviews um, or something in, in like the first. The first like five applications or something, I got two interviews, so I was quite impressed by that. But then, yeah, um, and now here, <laughs> and then after that, a weird turn of event happened. Daniel was like, okay, do you want to join our company? So here I am uh, working for Daniel and I'm really enjoying it. And um, I had to make a big choice between uh, software engineering and chemical engineering. It was mainly based on what kind of lifestyle I want to be living in the future. So I do love chemical engineering. It's not that I don't like it. I loved it and it made the choice very difficult for me. But then I was thinking, um, like, you know, like chemical engineering, I would have to go to a plant. It is, you know, it's whatever. I have to like be physically present or even if it is remote, it's just like the, it's like the work is quite demanding. Not that software engineering isn't, but it just feels like there's more, uh, it's more rewarding, I think. Um, and I don't know the possibilities are like, it's like, so are like endless, you know, like I can start up my own kind of thing if I want, whereas as a chemical engineer, I don't have any like, um, freedom to do that like you can do it but it's like the barrier to entry is like really high so whereas in this one you know you can just start it from the comfort of your own home so i'm gonna so so i was like okay look we'll do this um and now when i look back at that choice i just it's to me it's just so obvious now to me i'm like okay look i spent like two weeks thinking about that like to me it's like a no-brainer now you know it's like so good i love this um but yeah that's my journey so far tried out tried this thing out and ended up liking it so i'm doing it now cool so I think two different kind of stories and journeys, I suppose. But a common thing that most people have is there's a barrier to trying something new. There's like the risk of failure. There's like uh, a lot of different things that might make someone not want to try out certain things. Now, obviously, there's like there's like some extreme things that you just need a lot of money for, or uh, there's a super high barrier of entry. Like I don't know if you wanted to be a pilot, you always need to go to pilot training. Or if you want to be an F1 race driver, there's loads of money. There's no way you can enter that without, even if you had so much talent and whatever you want to do, passion, there's just such a high barrier to entry. So ignoring all of those kind of things, there's a lot of stuff that I think most people want to do that are very low barrier to entry and you just kind of have to try it. 
But when I say low barrier to entry, obviously there is a risk. It's not like, it's like nothing, right? So for example, for Lisa, you're, you're trying to like do all these dances and acting and stuff, but it involves time, commitment, you're going to put your energy in it. Um, but it, it does take something, it costs you something. And then similarly for, for Akko, like when you started off, like that was like a, still again, time and effort. And you could potentially have like lost a year or not found a job pursuing that, right? So what other things do you personally, did you find that made it really hard for you to kind of get started? So Akko, for what made it? And then for Lisa, what is currently making it harder? It was a little um, wait, so for me, the, what made it harder? Yeah. What, what made it harder to start that journey, to look into it? Um, or, or even let's say, consider a career in it. Like there were like, obviously I think for you, like you've spent four years learning chemical engineering, hmm. right? So people will be like, oh, I guess it's such a waste, you know, like we, all the money that you spent for college and all that four years of time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that happens. I get that. Uh, I get that a good bit when I when I talk to new people or not new people, but like people that I know, but uh, people I'm, that that I'm seen in a while. When they're like, "Okay, oh, what are you doing now? You graduated, right? What are you doing?" And then I say, "Oh, yeah, I'm doing software engineering." They're like, "What? I thought you were doing chemical engineering. What happened to that?" And then they'll be like, especially <laughs> especially uncles and aunties, they'll be like, "Oh, but okay, you did four years of that though. Would you not try it out for one year or something?" Yeah, so I I do get that. But then at the same time, you got to think, um, if I do that for one year, like that's like one year gone, um, maybe I'll, I'll end up liking it, but I don't know, like, it's just that I just saw it as a fork in my path because if I, if I do one year of either software engineering or chemical engineering, and if I come to the other one after that one year, it's like, I have to compete with the graduates. Then I'm like one year older and all this kind of stuff. So I had to make a tough choice there. I was considering all that, you know, like how to face. I suppose, like, how to say this to my parents, you know, um, to the people around me, uh, even the community, especially as a, as a Malu, you gotta generally just tend to worry about the community a bit. But, um, but then I was like, hey, look, it's fine. It's, uh, I have to go after what kind of, what I think is good, what, I, what pleases me, what I think is, um, rewarding. And just cause you did something for four years, you know, it doesn't mean that I have to slave away in chemical engineering for the rest of my life for the next like 30, 40 years, you know, like I saw this opportunity and I thought I'd just take it. So would you, would it be fair to say one of those things that made it harder is like the risk of failure? Like there could have been a risk where it didn't work out, like the software thing didn't work out. And then you had to go back to a chemical engineering degree to find a job. That was a risk, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, so that was a big risk and obviously things worked out for you. Uh, but I think for a lot of people who are starting off, that risk just scares them too much. Like what advice would you have for someone who's facing a similar risk, but they just don't know if they want to take that risk or not? Like they're in that crossroads. Um, uh, I'd say a good bit of research anyway, first of all, because like... Um, for me, like I did the internship with Daniel, but that, like that, like I could maybe move job or something. It could be like maybe software engineering in general for other companies is now going to turn out the way I had expected. Maybe I have a very like colorful picture of it in my mind and maybe I won't like it in the future, but it is a bit of a gamble, but then you just have to kind of, I suppose, do the research and see, okay, what is, uh, well, for in my case, I was looking up like jobs, you know, like maybe mid, um, 
mid like senior positions or um, that kind of like mid level positions and stuff. What are their lives like? Uh, I I ask people around me as well loads of questions to see um, how they're doing. I asked Daniel. So I asked their chemical engineering friends that I know, I asked software engineering friends that I know. So there's that. And also then you have to do uh, your own kind of like um, reasoning. Like you have to, uh, for me, I did like some of the pros and cons of uh, of both choices. So I had to think about it a good bit. And then um, I suppose there's no way of knowing the future, but you've got to take risks here and there because um, that's how you get the rewards. Like uh, otherwise it's just always going to be very safe and I consider that a bit boring. Different people, people are different, but for me, if it's the same, it's a very, like if life is too safe like that, you know, if you don't take any risk, it's just kind of boring, you know? So I just kind of took that risk anyway. Uh, I think you touched on something there about like research. Like, mm. I guess you can kind of summarize that to be like just dabbling in that a little bit. So like you did the internship, so you kind of knew what that lifestyle and things were like. Exactly. You weren't like committing to something that you had to like commit, uncommit or go back on. Yeah. Um, but I guess it's kind of the same for you, right, Pisa? So, like, um, like, what are your barriers to getting started or the risks that you have? Like, what's stopping you from, like, just going all out, doing stuff? No, where do I start? <laughs> there is, I suppose, all the common things about fear of failure and, like, uh, rejection and all that stuff. Oh, like, cringeworthy, worthy TikToks or whatever, like. And, but I think the more I think it's probably because I don't actually mind making a fool of myself really. But um, when you, I think, really like something, you don't mm. want to be known that you're first of all bad at it. And I think the other thing that was probably stopping me is um, doing it solo. Like when you when you're on your own and doing it, it's kind of different than when you let's say if I had a partner with me. I'd, I'd just be posting, posting, posting because it's like fun and like you're, there's someone with you to share that same kind of um, passion. passion and like the same, the bad side, the good side. And it's like, let's say, but Lydia, if, uh, that's why I sometimes get Lydia, my sister, into these videos because it just makes it much more fun and like easier to do whatever. Yeah. Um, plus with this kind of creative side, there's a bit more, I think, attention on you because you are you are the product you are the brand like you are saying here's me judge me judge my skills and then rate me scroll or you like or you follow and that's why I kind of low-key wished if I liked something art wise I just need to show my hand and then <laughs> it's but, but they're still with my face but they're still associating it with you, though, your That's, artwork. Sure, sure, sure. But it's just your face being there. There's a difference. Like, uh, that's why I did try putting on masks and, like, doing the dance and stuff. Um, but, yeah, I think going solo is one. Um, the other barrier would be just the, I suppose, confidence and the belief that you have in yourself. Like, you... You don't mind if someone said, okay, Daniel, we're, we're not going to give you a job right now. You're like, oh, to hell with that. I can find the 10 million jobs if I want to. In fact, you don't need to give me a job. I'll start my own business. <laughs> you know, that's what Daniel will be like. That's because why he is confident in his abilities and he believes mm -hmm. like in him, yeah. which is probably a bit of a barrier if you don't and the way you do it is that you need to do more practice yeah yeah you know and you build yeah, it that's up. what I was going to say like I never started off so confident and <laughs> are you serious you you said when we were in college 
Google offered me, but that's not my lifestyle. I am not. Yo, that, that's when he was like 19, I think. And <laughs> at that point, you don't get a Google internship. I know like it's very hard to get into Google yeah. even for internships because I know people and they're like, they've done multiple rounds of like technical interviews to, um, to actually get the job. So, yeah, but I think though, like, I think, okay, backtracking that. So obviously my journey to like startup stuff started before. So when I was 19, I was pretty like good already. Mm -hmm. Right. But when I started off like building little cartoon fan websites and I like started at 14, I wasn't so confident. You were just like trying things, you were learning stuff. And then you kind of build confidence when like people tell you, oh, this is good. And you need that confidence boost for the little things that you achieve. So that it motivates you to like do bigger things later, right? So for anyone listening, so over the last few days, uh, me, Aku and John and my brother, we've, we've all been trying to convince Lisa to just get started and just post stuff, just make the move, be public, tell her friends about it and use her network to get the word out, right? And, and hopefully all of that network connections, it's like eventually it's, it's the start that you just need that little bit of motivation uh, praise in some sense to keep you motivated to do more and then eventually it kind of builds up to be something bigger right so that's kind of the background to us doing this podcast um, so I think one of the things that we were always chatting about is or or what Lisa was saying was the risk of failure and I think it's it's like so accurate that a lot of people have a risk of failure and I think your one especially is that what if people say I'm not good enough right like you love doing it but that is one way of doing uh, or looking at it, right? I think it's just perspective. I think on the other perspective is everybody can always be better, right? Like even the most famous artists and different creative people, you know, if you ask them, have you like achieved the peak of your creativity? They'd be like, yes. no, like they can do, they know what they can do better in their last masterpiece, right? So I think in this startup world, we have this thing of like, uh, done is better than perfect because you just want to move fast and you just want to like validate what you're doing and just keep going right because to get to perfect there's always something more you can do to get to perfect and like the perfection is something you might never ever reach so it's almost you just got to go with like what you're happy with to share like you don't want it to be bad like if you think it's bad obviously don't share that but it just needs to be good enough to post and then you just improve on the last one so I was having this conversation with like one of my other friends who was also looking to start podcasts and different things. And I think for anybody who is a first time starter into doing stuff, uh, the expectation is you see content that is like amazing out there uh, or even like say in career even, you see people who are at the top of their game and you almost put too much pressure on yourself to make that bar. But most people don't realize that that person had to work years and years to be at the top, right? When they started off, they were probably worse than some of us starting off, right? Um, so I think a lesson that people can take away is like, you can just start by doing something, just getting a trashy, not the perfect version, something out there. And then you just got to keep it consistent. Just improve on the last one that you did. And if you just keep doing that, like over time, like even over a year, that's like such a huge improvement. But you ever wait for that improvement to happen, that improvement will never happen on its own. And people give feedback as well when they see it. And then that's obviously going to help you get better, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, I guess like sometimes like you mightn't even know why it isn't good enough. Like you need other people to tell you as well. Like especially in like creative fields or even in engineering. Like like for example, when Ackle started, right? So in engineering, software engineering, we have this process of pull requests and, and reviews, right? So Ackle might do the best job he can in building a feature, but he submits it for review and he mightn't realize what he didn't do right, but he might get like tons of comments and feedback which tells him you could have done this better. But it's like helpful comments, right? Like it's not like <laughs> trashing ugly, like, why are you not good? <laughs> uh, but it's more like, oh, you could have done this. And then now he learns that. And then the next time he's doing that, uh, another feature, he knows he can like use that to level up. And that's how you spin up. Like, like engineering, I think it's like a, I think creative field is a little bit harder because it's like very subjective and everything. But engineering is like very objective. Like, yeah. it's like, okay, it does this. But then over time, the only way to learn engineering and how to build stuff is to build stuff, fail, get feedback, and that's what you make you a senior engineer eventually. Like there is no magic staircase to the top. Like even for me, looking back, like when I started off like 19 or even my teenage years, teenage years, I didn't have anyone to tell me feedback, right? So I thought I was pretty good. My confidence was pretty high. Then I started like working with others who are like more experienced. They tell me, okay, I could have done this better. And then you learn that. And then that's the same thing that I now impart with other people who are junior in our company. Like everything that I've learned that I'm telling them, someone else has told me that this is how to do something. Yeah. I mean, I guess and I, that's a good point. Um, the other thing is community. Like if you have, well, that's what I recently found because I don't know why I liked all these dance things, but I never once Googled dance classes in my area. I used to just do it in my room. Uh, but after doing these dance classes, it just, it's, it's, it really becomes like a nice motivator. Oh, there's people like you who like the same thing. You know, it's like a little family and they help you grow as well. So um, I think that's definitely helped me um, push myself a bit better to have that yeah. community. Um one other learning, I think, is uh, in the startup world again. Uh, so the other thing I was talking about of just getting started, it's it's like what I learned from the startup world because me and my brother, we always start like so many startups. Like we started clothing companies, do whatever other online stuff we could do in any kind of business we yeah, were interested in. That, that's so admirable. I don't know how you guys just kind of, oh, let's do, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I but, think. Uh, would you do it if John wasn't there with you? Yeah, like I've done so many things without John as well, just on my own, and then it just doesn't, nothing happens. But but the thing though is, I think there's two parts in that, right? There's like getting started, we like, we are just built in a way which is like, oh, you want to do something, you just do it, right? And then you just see how far it goes. We have like super high imaginations and dreams, but it doesn't even touch close, and then it just like fails. But then when it fails, you're like, oh, that's it, you move on, right? So from the startup world, like what you learn is you want to like start simple, right? And you just like do stuff. That's one that I was mentioning before. But like people who aren't in this environment, uh, they just like think it has to be perfect. But the second thing is like you just fail fast and failing is okay. Like failing is like part of like success, right? It's not like the opposite of it. So whatever you do something and you fail, it helps you do the next thing you're going to do better. And the idea of failing fast is important because you don't want to fail slowly because that's like so painful and you're just wasting so much time. So when something doesn't work, just want to figure things out 
and they just want to fail quickly. So you just move on. Now you are like doing something else and trying to see if that works, right? But I think to do all of that, I think a lot of people don't have a lot of barriers. Like the most number of people who want to do explore things are usually in their teenage, early 20s kind of thing. Because what usually happens is like in your later years, you have more commitment, you got to take care of family and all the other stuff, right? Just the barrier to trying something new is so high. So in my teenage and like early 20s, that like even now, we just like do crazy things because I know that there's no way later on in my life I can take the same amount of risk and do things just here and there and then hope it works. Like I can't bank on that anymore. I need like, like I need to, things to be super planned and it's so much harder to get started later, right? Um, but I think like just doing things is like a great start. Like if anybody's like struggling to like do stuff, I think just giving it a go is fine. And like the failure... You don't think it's easier said than done. It is, it is. But I think it's like a mindset that you just got to have and not like in, in some sense, like not care too much about failure because that isn't going to define who you are. Like, like we, I have like, I'll tell you, people only know, usually what happens is people only know your successes, right? People don't know your failures. But I'll tell you that there has been like tons, like in the tens of ideas and startups that me and my brother have started which have literally like failed. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows about them. But it's not because we're secretive. It's just like, yeah, just nothing takes off, right? But it's not newsworthy that someone's talking about it. Mm -hmm. uh, unless, I don't know, you lose like a lot of money for them or something. But usually most of the failures aren't talked about. But obviously when you make a successful thing, everybody talks about that. And like, I think most like, let's say famous people who are, who know for business or even creative side, you always know them by their failure. Like if you were to look at, I don't know, Name, name, name someone random. Like anybody creative, anybody. Creative. Yeah, creative or successful business person. Elon Musk. Okay, Elon Musk. Okay, everybody knows him for his successes. But you don't know, like I don't even know what his failures were. But I guarantee you, he has had failures. Yeah, right? the, the rocket's taking off. Like, yeah, like even that. Yeah, even in, in SpaceX, like there's so much failures. And he's like, look, this is how hard it is, right? Yeah, you know, Kobe Bryant. Apparently, he is known for, I think, the most, how do you, what's the term, like, to get the worst shots, but he's also the most to have missed the shot. Mm. Um, so people don't know about the, the yeah, but he, it's all about, I guess, yeah. taking that shot. Yeah. And, and like, one thing I think is, it helps me is to realize, like, what is the worst that can happen when things just go, like, the most terrible way, right? And usually, it, if you look back, it's actually not that much. Like there are, there have been like, say weeks that we have worked on something. Looking back, oh, it's just two weeks at a time. Like it's not something you're going to regret for the rest of your life. I don't know. If you're constantly failing, there's something wrong with you. Man. Well, the thing is, you learn. Yeah, we didn't stress about that earlier. Like when we said, oh yeah, fast failure and then move on, fast failure, move on. But like it's all, it's really important that you learn from those failures as well. <laughs> you know, don't just fail and then just move on. Exactly. So that means you haven't, if you keep failing, right, then you haven't learned from the no, failure. No, you could learn. You, you could learn. Different lessons yeah, yeah. in each one. You, you might be progressing further each time, you know, and then you fail at the next step and then you pass that step in the next time and then you fail at the next step and so on, you know. So you might be learning, uh, but like it's just important to like analyze like what did you get wrong the last time and learn from that, you know. Oh, there's this quote, I forgot who it was. It was something like, um, I haven't failed a thousand times. I just figured out thousand ways it doesn't work. Yeah. Or something like that. Thousand, yeah. thousand ways yeah. to not make a light bulb or something. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's like, 
if he like failed, if he gave up after like 900, yeah. it'd be like, he'll, he'll never make it, right? But he learned how 900 ways not to make it. Exactly. Exactly. But, but all of that failures contributed to the one time he did make it, mm. you know? Yeah. yeah, okay, so as long as you're getting closer each time, yeah. that makes sense, you get some value. It's like you through the process, like, you know, the first time maybe the, maybe, I don't know, the glass was not the right material, so you fix that. Next time it was the wire, maybe. Next time it was the battery, maybe, but so on. Like, you keep doing it, and then in the end, you get the finished product or whatever. Yeah, it will. I think, yeah, it's fear of failure, but probably also, like, other people knowing about your failure. Yeah, yeah. I guess, yeah, I guess there's probably a stigma about like, oh, I don't want to tell. Like, it's like, you know, like the yeah. younger age, like you you wouldn't show off that you got an F in your exam. Yeah, exactly. But you will kind of tell everybody, oh, you got an A+. Yeah. Right. Uh, but I guess it's, yeah, I mean, it's not something to be proud of, but I guess you don't need to be ashamed of it either. Especially if you know that you're progressing. And even if you aren't, I mean, like someone could like just try something completely failed and go back to what they were doing. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's something they should be ashamed of. It's just like, it's just, yeah, they failed. They learned a ton and all of that is going to somehow directly or indirectly going to help them make better decisions. Like there's always something that comes out of failures. It's, it's never like a complete zero, mm -hmm. right? Um, I guess the last thing I want to like just touch on is like, I think most people don't realize the power of their networks. Um, and like you think about like a lot of people who have like know a lot of people uh, who have done great things, but usually to build those networks, it just starts with your immediate friends and family. So I know this is something that we spoke about for the last two couple of days as well with Lisa. Things like, why don't you want to tell your friends what you're doing? You know, because I know from my own experience, most of the jobs and different opportunities that I have gotten are through meeting people who have introduced me to someone else who knows what I'm doing. And some of those introductions were never like where years ago was never in the context of business and doing something together, no value, just making friends. And then eventually down the line, they need something that I can offer. I need something that they can offer. Okay, let's work together. And then something big happens. Like that has literally been everything I have ever worked in, right? And you never know where these network goes. Like even in your immediate first circle of friends, there might be someone who knows someone else who is like you and they might be able to connect you with each other, right? Uh, and, and you never know these network effects, but the network effects are like huge. Like everybody eventually knows everybody, you know, and you want to make sure you put yourself out there. And the people who care about you who are in your current immediate circle are the only people who might watch watch or watch or listen like even this podcast like i know for a fact right now it's only my immediate friends who listen to this like there is no way there's some random person is listening to it right now right but i know that if i just keep doing this like eventually someone random might listen to it and then maybe they tell it to their friends mm -hmm. right but i can't convince or i can't like i don't see how someone random might listen to this right now but it's so easy for me to just send it to a, a bunch of my friends and be like oh i did this and like my friends Akil's friends, Lisa's friends are the people who are probably listening to this podcast right now. Mm. Yeah, that, that was a new learning for me because I have always heard the power of network, networks, but I didn't think my friends were. It, it was more so like, oh, you go for a networking event or like anyone outside of your friend circle is what they mean. Uh, 
but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't like, I don't like asking. I My friends do that. They ping me or not ping me. It's corporate language. Uh, they DM me. Uh, oh, like and share my post, uh, comment on it. That's fine. It's when they do it. But I, I find it really difficult to do the same the other way. Mm. I mean, you don't need to like directly ping them, but just sharing and even just talking every, to everybody about it. Like in the startup world. Because yeah, it's just in my head. It's like, hey, here I am. Look at me. Yeah. I mean, you know, we don't have to do that. I mean, it's like if someone asking like, oh, who are you? Or like, what are you doing? Like, you know, it's just things to mention. Like this happens in the startup world so much, right? Like because you meet someone, they immediately tell you what they're working on. Uh, not because like you're a customer or they're trying to buy, sell you anything. It's like, yeah, this is what I'm doing. And then you tell them, oh, this is what I'm doing. And then eventually you remember later, oh, I know that guy, met that guy who does this. I can ask him for help or like I can ping him something, you know? Yeah, I don't know why, where it stems from. But you remember in one of your startups, I don't know what the name names were, one of the guys, he was meeting one of our friends' father and he was like, hello. I'm the CEO of this startup and he's like, why are you telling me that? <laughs> yeah, I mean... So I feel like that's what it comes across. Like, I don't want to know why are you telling me this? Yeah, I mean, I mean, there is definitely a balance. I mean, you don't need to go all the way out and be like, hey guys, I'm doing this all the time. But I, I guess you don't want to be annoying to your friends either. But I think there's a balance where you do need to tell them. Like, this is like, I think this is kind of different to how you introduce your job. Like, when you meet someone, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm so-and-so, I work here. Like, you're not going to talk about your work for too long, right? But if this is like a passion project or something, this is something you should talk about a little bit more than how you would just casually mention your job title and who you work for. Because this is like taking a lot of your time, your energy. Like, this is what is who Lisa is or this is who Akhil is and this is what he likes you know and people want to know that like they don't want to just have like casual uh, oh yeah Lisa is doing that yeah I don't care you know like like this is like a very big part of what you're trying to do with your time yeah any last bit of advice guys or anybody looking to get started on something whatever it might be like could be anything. I don't think I'm at a stage not to give any <laughs> advice. Just, uh, okay, what are the biggest lessons that you've learned from us in like the last few days of just us telling you to get started? I guess the, yeah, I guess we mentioned most of those, right? Well, I mean, you can't, lesson is not the right word, right? Because you have to kind of try it and then you can only learn from okay, insight. <laughs> insight. Yeah, I guess uh, the networking power, friends, are your primary at least when you start off that has yeah. been a valuable one and I guess everything else as well that we just spoke about in this of like just yeah getting started and stuff yeah, yeah. how about you Aku any any last piece of advice anybody who wants to try anything new but they're like too afraid to just try it um there's obviously many different reasons for what, why you're afraid of starting but like I think one of the one of the things that I have kind of thought about at least, or one that I've heard other people kind of like bring up is, you know, what will other people think? Yeah. Like, what will people think of me? What if I fail? All that kind of stuff. But like, I would just say to that, like, you know, like I would rather have tried and failed, uh, than like not, like not knowing where I could have been. Like, you know, like the pain of regret is worse than the pain of, uh, pain of failure. I, I think <laughs> you wouldn't say the other round. <laughs> uh, no, I wouldn't say, 
because then but I, I yeah it 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 it, it does make sense yeah because then it would, it would bother me like when i'm a bit older i'd be like oh i i was able to do it back then i had the facilities but i can't do it now Especially and i do it now, yeah. I, I would be like what if i did that and if i succeeded would i be the same person i am now would i be where i am right now you know all that would mm-hmm. probably eat me alive so i'd rather have tried it and known okay look i failed or tried it and succeeded so you know at least you know for sure 100 percent. cool yeah mm-hmm. good advice um so Lisa is going to start her page of uh, post speaker <laughs> acting and dancing and whatever creative thing. So follow her on Instagram. No, don't. Give her some praise, uh, give some feedback, share, like, subscribe. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, as cool. similar to what Aku said, if, uh, you know, like if anyone is interested in software engineering, which is what we do in building cool products and companies and could be in the business side, creative side, whatever building company stuff or anything actually you can ping me and you know like you never know where things reach like Aku got his job and doing what he loves just based off an Instagram post that I posted so you know like you never know where things need so yeah yep. so thank you guys for listening and uh, until next time bye bye, bye. <laughs>